Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, our short version, and we're studying the book of Hebrews together. We're starting to get down into the middle of this letter. We're in chapter 8, and we're getting into the meat of what I believe the writer is wanting to communicate to these Jewish listeners. We've said this over and over again, and I can't repeat it enough. I'm firmly convinced that in our journey to study the Scripture for the benefit of understanding the ways of God and who we are in Christ as His children, it's really necessary for us to understand the context of the scriptures and the audience and who was writing and to whom it was written and so that we can really get the essence of the message that the writers are trying to bring across. And in today's episode, we're going to tackle quite a deep topic, maybe sometimes a topic that people don't want to bother themselves to try to understand. And I don't want to by any means try to take a position to cause anybody any turmoil and what they might believe, but I just want to give an honest look at what I believe the scriptures are trying to communicate to us in regards to the topic that we're going to look at today. So let me start by reading chapter 8, verses 7 through 12. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen, and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I'll remember their sins no more. Now the writer is moving into this very important discussion about the old covenant and the establishment of a new covenant. And I just want to make several points in today's episode about the covenants. Now, we have to remember again, this letter is written to Jewish believers, Jewish believers who are in a very tumultuous time, a time where the Roman Empire is going to literally obliterate Jerusalem and bring an end to all that Judaism knows by way of religious practice. The temple is going to be destroyed. The sacrificial system is going to come to an end. He prophesied through Jeremiah that he was going to establish a new covenant with them because he found fault with them because they were unable to do all that was necessary and that was set out in the law to bring a person to righteousness. Now, Paul goes into this in great details in his letters when he speaks to Jews and he tells them that it's impossible for the law to make anyone perfect. Even the writer of Hebrews says this. So it's to a Jewish audience that the writer of Hebrews says God prophesied through Israel's prophets that he was going to make a new covenant because the old covenant was not able to accomplish the purpose of God for man. 
specifically for the Jews. Now, one main point. It bears to reason, first and foremost, that the new covenant was given to replace an old covenant, and the old covenant was given to the Israelites. This is why God said through Jeremiah, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. He is not making a new covenant with the Gentiles. God had already established a covenant with Abraham. We looked at it in previous episodes. Paul deals with it in Galatians, and he tells us that the promise made to Abraham and to his seed was made 430 years before the law, before the giving of the covenant that was referred to as the Old Covenant, that covenant that was based on the agreement of the Israelites to perform all that was written in the law, and they could not do that. So God says, I'm going to effect a new covenant. Now, the previous covenant made to Abraham that was good for Abraham and all his seed, who was Christ, not many people, but only Christ. It was the same covenant of faith, the covenant of faith that was established with Abraham because he believed God and God reckoned him as righteous is the same covenant that is attached to Jesus Christ, that all those that believe in Jesus Christ will be made righteous. This is the covenant that the Gentiles are under. Now, when I speak of Gentiles and Jews, I don't mean to be controversial. Now, I know we live in a very politically charged world, and everything has to be politically correct. But the writer of the scriptures are not under that type of cultural pressure. They speak very openly and very clearly. There were two types of people in the natural. There were the Gentiles, all peoples who were not of the descendants of Abraham naturally. Those people, specifically from the tribe of Israel, they became Israelites. They became the Jewish people. And it was with those people, the Israelites, that God made a covenant in order to establish them as a covenant people in the earth. And his intention was that they would reflect what a people fully committed to represent God to the world would look like. And they were supposed to do that for the benefit of the Gentile nations. But God knew in his wisdom that the children of Israel were not going to be able to represent him in a redemptive way to the nations. And so he made provision that he was going to establish a new covenant. And it's an amazing process because God was also securing the everlasting covenant that he had made with Abraham for the benefit of all nations. So you've kind of got two things going on simultaneously that will end in the same result. The same result is that all people, Gentile and Jews, will be brought to righteousness, right standing before God, with all their sins forgiven and completely cleansed, never to be an issue again in their relationship between God and man. All peoples will find that place based on faith. 
But this new covenant that the writer of Hebrews is taking up is that specific covenant that was given for the household of Israel. It was not the covenant that was given for the Gentiles. Now, the benefit is the very same. When the Gentiles have faith in Christ, they also are made righteous. Their sins are forgiven. So the outcome is exactly the same. But the path in which the Gentiles get there and the Jews get there are two paths. One for the Gentile is simply through faith. To be brought into a right relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. The Jews are brought to the same point, but they're brought to that point through a new covenant that God has established with them because the old covenant was unable to bring them to that place. Now, the reason why I go into this in such detail is because I believe that in Christendom, even today, there is a lot of what I call covenant confusion. Very simply put, Gentiles were never under the old covenant. They were never under the law. The law was never given to non-Jewish people. Non-Jewish people always had the opportunity to believe in God. This is exactly what Abraham had done. And Melchizedek and other non-Jewish people brought out in the Old Testament scriptures to be shown as those who were God-fearing. And this is exactly who Cornelius was in the book of Acts. These people stand to represent all of the nations, all people outside of the Jewish race of people. And the Gentiles respond to God by faith, and their faith is reckoned to them as righteousness. Now, with the coming of Christ and the complete work of Christ on the cross, it finds its ultimate experience in the creation of a new man, a new humanity. I've spoken about this in previous episodes. It's a whole new experience where Jesus is the creator of a new human race a human race that is free from sin and completely righteous and holy before God. Now, for the Jews, this was absolutely unthinkable. They had no way of thinking of being in right standing before God in any other way than to obey the law. And this is why the second covenant is so extreme for the Jews to accept. And this is why the writer of Hebrews is hammering this point over and over again to tell them they have a better covenant. They have a covenant in which if they will simply believe what Jesus has done for them as God's chosen people, they would receive the same benefit as the Gentiles. They would come into perfectly right relationship with God. They would enter into a new identity in Christ. But you have to understand the hurdle that this was for the Jewish mindset because they had put everything into this old covenant. It was their complete identity. And we have to remember that many Jews, even until this day, have not accepted this as a provision of God. This is why they still deny Jesus as their Messiah. 
Messiah, and they still refuse to accept the new covenant, the covenant of grace that God has brought about through Jesus. This distinction, I believe, is very important because a lot of Christians believe they have some type of connection to the law, some type of connection to the old covenant, and nothing could be further from the truth. You know, I'm reminded of this passage in Ephesians where Paul says this to the Ephesian believers, and he starts this passage in chapter 2 in verse 11. He says, therefore, remember formerly you Gentiles in the flesh. So he's speaking specifically to Gentiles. And he says to the Gentiles in verse 12 that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants. So the Gentiles never were affiliated with the covenant of God that was given to the Hebrews. So they were completely outside of that. But the beauty of it is that Christ has drawn the Gentiles near and they receive the promise of God given to Abraham, the promise of righteousness based on faith. And likewise, God has taken away the law, that thing that stood in the way of the Hebrews coming to righteousness. And he says, I'm going to set that aside. I'm not going to have that as a requirement for you anymore. I'm going to simply write my laws upon your heart. It will be a natural thing for you to do as a Jew to obey me because now you're going to have the spirit living in you. And this is exactly what Paul says later in verse 18 of Ephesians 3. He says, for through whom Jesus, we both Jew and Gentile have our access in one spirit to the father. And so it's this beautiful picture of how God has done everything through Christ to bring all the Gentile nations to righteousness through faith and to remove for the Jew the barrier of the old covenant so that they too can come to faith through Christ and experience righteousness in him. So I hope this is a good distinction and an explanation for us so that we can keep these things in proper order because As we study the scripture, I believe it's important for us to see the proper context of how all these things work together and to be able to really rejoice and be thankful for the wisdom and the goodness of God in the way that he has provided everything we need in Christ Jesus. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.